Welcome back to the Acts series. We're going to be in Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all, and he entered the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a, a profound lesson here. Um, Paul, he's reasoning in the synagogue for three months. He's speaking boldly. He's persuading them. But there are some that continued in unbelief and began to speak evil of him. I heard this the other day, and I, I, th- I th- just thought this was really interesting. Uh, a pastor out of, uh, I believe it's, he was in Texas, pastor there for a long time, but but he basically, he shared with um, w- one of uh, the, the people that are on staff with him, just said, you know, I'm just not going to waste any more time knocking on closed doors when I have all these open doors right in front of me. Yeah. You definitely see Paul doing that. And that's what Paul's doing. Yeah. You know, he's going, okay, there's good soil here. And I'm going to spend my time investing in the good soil, and I'm not going to waste my energy continuing to pound on doors that are closed. I, I've got to trust that that work to the Holy Spirit. Right. As he he just kind of goes with the willing. Yes. You know, and and you also you know you notice at the beginning of this, there's this sort of um, basic understanding of God and repentance that that really didn't include that Jesus was Lord. Mm. So, you know, some people say, well, wait a minute, are these Christians that didn't have the Holy Spirit? And it's like, no, these people, these guys knew repentance and were waiting for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Paul is actually explaining Jesus to them. They are being, they're receiving the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, and, and I, it's like they were baptized in repentance, um, and then they, on, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so you, they actually get baptized, they, they become believers in Jesus, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and, they, and God is evident immediately in their life. Yeah, and it, it's telling the question that he asked them, he, you know, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they're going, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> and, and so... You're going okay. Well, let me let me tell let me explain this to you. We need to rewind. Yes, let's go back yeah. and uh, and it, it's just it's again it's just a good reminder of of uh, and Myron again he does this well. We've been talking about Myron the last couple of weeks, but uh, Myron 
he 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 just says whenever he's in conversation with people, he never wants to assume anything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to just make the assumption that somebody knows Christ or that somebody has received the Holy Spirit or somebody actually understands the gospel. Right. And so there's just this commitment, even with Paul, to just the the first things, the elementary things of the, of the faith, and coming back to the simplicity of Christ crucified, the empowerment of, of the Holy Spirit. It's like let let's make sure that we're walking in those things. Right. Um, I, I just thought the simplicity of the question, like it's not assumed that you received the Holy Spirit when you believed. Right. And you know, this has been a rule of thumb in my life, and I think it's actually a pretty simple thing to apply is I assume that even if someone is in church, even if somebody has said that they're a Christian, I assume that no one is a Christian that that never speaks the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus just never comes up, I assume that somebody is not following Jesus, they don't know Jesus, they're not in a relationship with Jesus. And and for me, it's not, you know, just do you believe these things? Have you done these steps? Have you checked these boxes? It's right. like really like looking at people and listening and going, does Jesus have anything to do with your actual life? Mm. Because that would tell you quite yes. a bit whether or not they're a believer. And I will tell you, that has been really helpful to me in ministry because I assumed for years that everyone I was talking to and working with was following Jesus. Mm. And just because people go to church, just because someone's in a small group, just because people show up on Sunday does not mean necessarily that they are even trying yeah. to follow Jesus yeah. or interested in following Jesus. And so I, I do think we got to keep our eyes open and our ears open to really, really listen to people because you're right. If you make assumptions, you're really doing them a disservice because you can't help them take whatever step they need to take. Yeah. It's it. It's a couple of times recently people have asked, you know, what's the difference in ministering in, you know, just south of Nashville and Tennessee and, and ministering in the, in the Pacific Northwest? And one of the, the biggest differences is there's no cultural advantage of being a Christian in the Pacific Northwest. There is a cultural advantage of being a Christian in the South. Okay. And so you get relational connection. There, I mean, there is some level of... You know, it's it's a little bit of a stereotype, but it's like when you move to the South, it's like the first question is not what you do, it's what church do you go to? Yeah. So there is a little bit of like, this the is assumption. a cultural norm. They're just assuming yes. that you're a Christian. Yeah. Where out there, it's like, man, if you claim the name of Christ, you, you got to be pretty serious about it because there is no advantage <laughs> right. of being a Christian. And no assumption, Northwest. and no assumption that anyone would be. Right. You know, it's sort of like just the sort of the general assumption that, you know, that a Christian would be kind of a unique thing. Yes. You know, I grew up in northern Idaho until I was 10, but I lived in um, Seattle through junior high and high school. Mm. And it was great for my faith to be surrounded by people who didn't believe in Jesus. Mm. Um, I know that it can be challenging as well. And I know sometimes we have this desire to kind of pull away from what is a mess and what is evil. For me... Personally, it helped me so much to see the benefit of knowing and following Christ mm-hmm. to be completely surrounded by people. And, and generally, people were respectful of the fact that if you really believe something and you stand up for it, that 
that they they would say, okay, well, this is a genuine thing you believe in. But they would be fine if I believed in anything. Anything. Right. Yeah, that's your but, that's your truth. But it was it was so refreshing then to yeah. be with other believers because it was like it was um, just like it would have been in the early church. Mm-hmm. This sense of everyone around you mm-hmm. is in, is kind of coming from one perspective and. And the Christians are trying to follow Jesus together. And yeah. it was just this radical contrast. Yeah. And I think we need to be careful not to make the assumption that everybody that lives in Williamson County is a Christian. Yeah, don't you know, do that. There, there are plenty of people in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces that need the love of Christ. So while it is a cultural norm to be a Christian and to be a churchgoer in the South, there is still work to be done. And it's important work and urgent work that we need to do. I want to circle back to something just to clarify. You know, when Paul is asking them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So there is a filling of the Holy Spirit that happens upon faith in Christ. He is the guarantee of our inheritance. And so that that is true, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is talking about the empowerment, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is when you receive power from God to be and do everything that God has called you to be and do. So it's not just the seal of your inheritance, your heavenly inheritance. It is the empowerment here and now right. um, for what God God has called us to do. So there's a whole lot in that passage, and uh, we, we hope you guys have a great time discussing it with one another. And uh, hey, if you, if you want to pray and ask God to empower you, to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. This is a great thing to do in your groups. And you guys can discuss this. And if there's any questions about what that means or what that looks like, you can reach out to us and we'd be happy to chat with you about it. But this is something that we see these early followers. They're continually filled with the Spirit. They're continually empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so as followers of Christ, that's what we need to do. And a simple way to think about that is we all leak. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so we always need to be filled with yeah, the Holy Spirit. Me again. So yeah. it's like we, you know, be desperate in your attempts to say, God, we need you. Because mm-hmm. when you're desperate, God will show up. Yeah. And the po- they have power and ability that they didn't have yes. before they asked. Yes. And then when they laid hands on them and prayed for it, they received. Yeah. And so uh, you don't get because you don't ask. Yes. And so definitely press in and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And do that as a, doing that as a group would be a wonderful prayer night for everybody. Mm-hmm. Where do you need the Lord to really pour in, and where do you need His power? Yeah, yeah. All right, have a great time in your discussion or your individual reflection, and we'll see you guys soon. God bless.